Hello everybody, welcome um, to our Good Friday service. We've got about 10 minutes before the service starts, so do go and get yourself a cup of tea or coffee. Um, but before you do that, I need to let you know that there is some interactive elements to this service and you may want to join in by gathering some objects. So before you get your cup of tea, I'm gonna run through what you're going to need for the service. Firstly, you're going to need a flower. Now I've got quite an impressive orchid here. You're going to need a flower. So you could um, find a pot plant with a flower in, in your house somewhere, or you could go into the garden and grab a daisy. Don't worry, you've got 10 minutes. You're also going to need a piece of paper. And that piece of paper, I need you to really carefully roll up into a scroll. So a piece of paper rolled up into a scroll. You're going to need a candle. And if you want to, you might want to get matches. Do be careful if you've got young children but do get some matches and a candle. Then, this one is topical, you're going to need some soap and water. So I've got some classic Abara soap there, but you might just have some hand gel. It may be that you just have some anti-back if you've managed to get some from the shops. If you've just joined us, welcome. I'm running through some objects you might want to gather for the service, but don't worry, we've got nearly 10 minutes till the service starts and I'll run through the objects again. The next object you're gonna need is a fork. I can see you all running to your kitchen now. It'll be very easy to find a fork. Um, in the comments, you might want to guess what the different objects might represent. There's a fun game for you in the comments. And if you're watching online, I'm sorry you can't join in with the comments, but you can still go and grab the things from around your house. The next thing you're going to need is a cross. There are no prizes for guessing why we have this one today on Good Friday. This one is a really pretty cross. Um, but actually, you can have any cross. You can find a palm cross. Um, you may even want to draw a cross. You could cut a cross out of some paper if you feel like you need to distract the kids for a little bit longer in this 10 minutes. So you need to get yourself a cross. And then finally, you need to get yourself a stone. Now, I've got myself a big stone. Don't worry, we're not skipping ahead. Some of you right now will be thinking, this is skipping ahead to Sunday. We're not. Do not worry. Um, you're going to need to find yourself a stone. So if you've just joined us, welcome. It's so great to have you with us here on Good Friday. The service will start at half past, um, but I've just been running through some objects you need to gather for our service. It's going to be a bit interactive. The way it's going to work is we're going to have a reading and a reflection involving one of these objects. Um, so you're going to need a flower, a piece of paper, a candle, some soap and water, a fork, a cross and a stone. Don't worry, I will run through all of that in a minute. I hope you're all well. Do comment um, in the sidebar what you're doing today to mark Good Friday. What are you doing today um, differently than you normally would? Usually we would gather together um, for an all-age service in the morning and a more reflective service at two, but obviously we can't do that. What is this year looking like for you? How are you marking this day? How are you marking this most special day of Good Friday? And it would also be lovely to see um, how you marked yesterday. Um, obviously, we celebrated an agape meal in our homes last night um, with the people that we love or maybe just with ourselves, maybe just um, an intimate time with us and the Lord. Um, but please do. Um, yeah, let us know how that went. If you if you can't comment um, because you're watching on the website, do feel free to um, email the office, office at ccwinter.org.uk. Um, we would love to hear your stories of how that time blessed you. Hello, if you've just joined us, we are just waiting for people to join. Our service will start at half past. Um, do like um, our page to make sure you get notifications. 
um, when we go live to make sure you won't miss out. Um, and, and actually, if you'd like to, um, you can start a watch party. That means that all of the people that you're friends with um, will be able to watch along with you. What an amazing way to invite your friends to watch this service, an amazing way to invite them to share in this story. If you can't find the watch party button, I, I don't know which side it'll be on. It's it's above the comments somewhere. There is just the normal share button. Um, you, I think if you press share, you can either start a watch party or just share it. Do share the video. Um, invite as many people as you can to join us. We've got nearly five minutes until um, the service starts. There's loads of time to gather people in to join us for this most special of days as we run through the story of Jesus's death. Um, if you've only just joined us, hello. Um, we have some objects we need you to gather um, as part of our service. Firstly, you're going to need a flower. I've got a beautiful orchid here, but you could just go to the garden and pick a daisy. Um, we're going to need that for one part of our service. We're going to need a piece of paper. Um, and this is a little bit of origami for you. It's very tricky. You're going to just need to roll it up into a scroll. If you want to in the comments, guess what each part of the story is for, what each object is for, which part of the story, do feel free to comment below. So we've got a scroll. Next up, we're gonna need a candle and some matches. Now, um, feel free not to light the candle. We will have a candle on screen if you don't want to have candle with the little ones. But this is another part of our story. So get yourself a flower, a scroll and a candle. Next up is topical. Um, it's a, can you get yourself some soap? and a bowl of water. I just don't want to spill this on myself because um, we'll need this. It might be that you just have some antibacks, something that you'll be able to wash your hands with. Does anybody know what part of the story this might be? The next object um, is fairly easy to find. I bet if I came to your house right now, I could find this object really quickly. I've got quite a good knack of finding a cutlery drawer. You're going to need a fork, okay? So, and it might be that actually with some of these objects, I think for the fork, for the piece of paper, you might want one for every member of your family. So if there's a lot of you, if there are a few of you, if you've got your whole family with you, it might be that you want a fork each. It might be that you want um, a piece of paper each. Next, you're going to need a cross. Now, you don't need to have a cross as beautiful as this one. I think this one's from South Africa. Um, and it's a lovely, lovely cross. I don't know what it's made of. I'm sure... Um, Tanzi or Sam might be able to comment. It's one that I've nabbed from the wall. This is all objects from the house of the family I live with. I'm, they haven't noticed yet, but I'm sure they will when it comes to Friday. Um, you're going to need a cross. Um, no points for guessing what part of the service this is for. Um, if you don't have one like this, it might be that you have a cross necklace that you can go and find. It might be that you have a palm cross, or it might even be that you want to cut a, a cross out of a piece of paper, just not out of this one, because you'll need this one. And finally, you will need... Oh, this one's heavy. Oh, a rock. Um, don't worry, we're not skipping ahead to Easter Day. I can see you're panicking. The skipping too far ahead. No, this is the part of our story for Good Friday. So do gather those objects. If I'm savvy, I will put them on the screen now. I might even put them just here. Um, you're going to need a flower, a piece of paper, um, a candle, some soap and water, a fork, a cross and a stone. And they are going to be reflective items for each part of our story today. Right, we've got three minutes. You've got time to go to the loo. You've got time to get yourself a cup of tea or coffee. Or if you want to make church really accurate for the kids, you can make some squash. The recipe for church squash is the tiniest amount of squash possible and the most amount of water possible. It can't taste like squash. It has to have no flavour. It just has to look like squash. That's how church squash works. Or at least that's how it was um, when I grew up. That's how church squash always was. 
It's just how it goes. Uh, welcome if you're just joining us. We've got about three minutes before our service starts. Um, it would be great to have you join us um, and do share this with your friends. Do get them to join in too. Comment below how you're celebrating today. Comment below how you're marking this day. Um, and also do um, share how um, the Agape meal went last night. It would be really great to hear about that. If you can't comment, if you're watching on the website, hello, we love you. We're so glad you can join us. Um, feel free to email, feel free to email the office, office at ccwinch.org.uk. We would love to hear about how you're marking Holy Week, how you're spending this week. Right, we've got a minute and a half till the service, so you've got just enough time if you've just joined to grab the objects you need for this service. Now, these objects are optional. You don't need the objects to enjoy the service. Um, the, the people presenting, me and Claire, we will have those objects. But if you grab them, you'll have a much more interactive experience. So, really quickly, you need a flower for our first part of the story. I wonder if you can guess where a flower might be. What kind of area in the story would have a flower? That's a question for you. Next, you need a piece of paper rolled up into a scroll. If you have one of these for each member of your family, that would be even better. Next up, you need a candle. If you'd like to, you can get some matches so you can light it in that part of the story. The next one is something we're all very familiar with. We need some soap and water. When in the story did somebody wash their hands? Hmm. Next up, you're going to need a fork. And if possible, one for each member of your family, probably. Then you'll need a cross. It can be any cross. It doesn't have to be as pretty as this one. It can be a necklace. It could be a palm cross. Um, but all you'll need is a cross. And then you'll need a stone. It doesn't have to be as big as this one. You can just gather a pebble from your garden. Uh, it might be that you want to gather one for each member of your family. Um, don't worry, we're not skipping ahead to Sunday. This is part of our story today. Great. Hello if you've just joined us. Um, the past 10 minutes we've just been running through some of the bits that you'll need for this service uh, and if you want to you can still go and grab them um, but I'm going to hand over now um, to Claire I think we're about half past um, and Claire is going to start our service off so I really hope you enjoy um, and and spend some time today really reflecting on the true meaning of Good Friday. Good morning and a very very warm welcome to our Good Friday All Age service. It's great to have you with us this morning. We are going to be following a pattern through the service of having a reading and then a short reflection after each reading. And it's for these reflections that you're going to need the items, the objects that Jack has been asking you to find. I'm just gonna read through the list one last time so that if there's anything else you haven't found yet, you've got some time before our readings and reflections start. You're going to need a flower, your very own lips, they should be easy to find, some paper, just a sheet of paper you can roll up, a candle if you're there with an adult. If you're not there with an adult, don't try to get a candle, there'll be one on the screen for you to use. A bowl of water and some soap maybe, a fork, a cross, any kind of cross, and a small rock or stone. If you've got all of those, you'll be able to join in with the reflections after each reading. Now, I'm gonna pray for us, and then Matt is going to start our service in worship. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can meet here together. Even though we are in so many different places, we may have very different feelings as we gather here this morning. 
thank you for that this time we can be together. And thank you that you have promised to be with us when we meet in your name. Father, I pray for each and every one of us as we journey through this story, that you would speak to us and that we would learn more of you. In Jesus' name, Amen. To see the dawn of the darkest day, Christ on the road to Calvary, tried by sinful men, torn and beaten men, nailed to a cross of wood. This the power. Of the cross, Christ became sin for us, took the blame for the wrong we stand forgiven at the cross. on your face bearing the awesome weight of sin every bitter thought every evil deed crowning your blood-stained brow this the power of the cross Christ became sin for us, took the blame for the wrong we stand forgiven at the cross. ground beneath quakes as its maker bows his head curtain torn in two dead are raised to life finish the victory cry this the power of the cross Christ became sin for us, took the blame for the wrong we stand forgiven at the cross. in the wounds for 
suffering, I am free. Death is crushed to death, life is mine to live. One through your selfless love. This the power of the cross. Son of God, slain for us. What a love, what a cost we stand forgiven. to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples sit here while I pray he took Peter James and John along with him and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death he said to them stay here and keep watch going a little farther he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible the hour might pass from him Abba Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So we find ourselves in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the truth is, this whole narrative, this whole story happens because our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak, because we often do things wrong. Jesus only has to die because we do things wrong. Because despite knowing that God's will is the best, we choose our will over his. Jesus says in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but yours be done. If you have your flower with you, we've got some objects to help us. If you do have a flower, it may not be as big as this orchid. It may be a little daisy. Just spend some time looking at it. Jesus in the garden would have been surrounded by so many plants. And it's almost like he had a choice between a beautiful, beautiful flower and some thorns. If you look at how beautiful flowers are, they're such amazing examples of God's creation and Jesus had a choice. He could choose to take the easy route, the beautiful route. He could have run away. The guards weren't even there. But he chose to stay in the garden and he chose not the beautiful, not the easy, not the attractive, but he chose the hard. It's like choosing thorns over some flowers. So let's pray now for discipline. Let's pray that our spirit is willing and our flesh is willing to pray like Jesus, not my will, but yours be done. Let me pray for us now, Father God, I'm sorry for when we choose the easy things, the easy ways out of situations. And I just pray, 
now that we can choose you over everything that we choose your will over our own will we know that your ways are better even though they are sometimes harder amen after each reflection we're going to sing a verse of um not a verse a chorus of the song servant king it's a beautiful song if you'd like to sing along the words will be um on screen if you'd rather not don't worry, you can just sit maybe with your arms open, your hands open, ready to receive from Jesus and listen to either me or Claire sing. And if you'd like, um, I've got some actions for the kids. If the kids would like to join in with these reflective actions, that might help you focus on the true meaning of these words. So it goes a bit like this. It goes, this is our God. I hope you're doing it at home. The servant king. He calls us now to follow him, act like you're walking, to bring our lives as a daily offering, imagine offering things away, of worship to the servant king. Let's just take a moment of stillness before we sing. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. Let's have our next reading. So the reading is Luke chapter 22, verses 47 to 53. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour, when darkness reigns. Here we have courage and cowardice in one place. Judas may even have thought he was the one being brave. He was turning his back on the group of people he'd lived and worked with for the best part of three years, turning his back on the man he used to believe was a great teacher, a prophet, maybe even the Messiah. But Jesus is the one who shows us what true courage is. He knew what was coming, but he didn't run away from it. And when his followers tried to defend him, he didn't let them. But there is no weakness in his refusal to fight. He refused to fight, not because he was weak, but because of his unconquerable strength, his overriding purpose and mission, his commitment to carrying out the task he'd been given. As he points out to them, those who were coming to arrest him had had every opportunity to do it openly. They'd known where to find him day after day but they had been too cowardly to do it openly. Instead, 
they'd sneaked up behind him in the dark. And Judas had even tried to greet him with a kiss, still pretending he was coming as a friend. The ones who came in the mob, armed with swords, were the cowards. The man who was arrested and taken away, bound and defenceless. He was the one who showed true courage. So put your finger gently to your lips. Just feel them, rub them slightly. Feel the smooth, soft inner part, the slightly harder edge. Remember Judas coming to Jesus and trying to kiss him, pretending he was still a friend. Remember how Jesus showed us how to be brave, not by fighting back or running away, but by holding on to what God had asked him to do. Jesus, thank you that you show us what true courage is. Thank you that you allowed this plan to be fulfilled, no matter what the cost to you. Mark 14, 53-65, Jesus before the Sanhedrin. They took Jesus to the high priest, and the chief priests and the elders and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testament against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands and in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the heavens, on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? He asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. And some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him and struck him with their fists and said prophecy. When the guards took him and beat him. So... The chief priests wanted to accuse Jesus of all these crimes he hadn't actually done. The Bible said that they gave false testimony that didn't even agree with each other. That means they told lies that didn't even make sense. They contradicted each other. So take out your piece of paper that's rolled up like a scroll. You might have one each. This represents all of the evidence against Jesus. But the, the truth is there was no evidence, so the whole thing was rubbish. Imagine that this piece of paper is also all the lies that you believe about yourself, that others have spoken over you or experiences you've had, the stuff that you think you're not very good at or the, the stuff you don't like about yourself, the lies. And now screw it up. 
or rip it up as a sign that Jesus not only has no evidence against him, but that he's the way, the truth and the life. He is the Lord of truth. He speaks the truth over us so that we don't have to believe the lies of this world, that we're maybe not good enough or that we're not loved, because the truth is that he loves us and he accepts us. And that is shown by what he is about to do on the cross. So take your ripped up piece of paper, your, your screwed piece of paper and just throw it away. And let's take a moment to pause and thank Jesus that he declares truth over us. Father God, I thank you that you um, are the way, the truth and the life. I thank you, um, yeah, that you speak truth over us when we don't believe it. And I thank you um, that there is no evidence against you, that you were perfect. And because of your perfection, you could die in our place. I thank you that you were able to do that. And Father, I pray that we would believe the truth about us, not the lies that the world has. Amen. Let's sing. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. Mark chapter 14, verse 66 to 72. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You are also with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entrance. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing round them, This fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the cock crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the cock crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. I find this one of the hardest passages in the whole Bible. It really sticks in my throat. Peter, who had been at Jesus' side since the beginning of his ministry, is horribly put on the spot. Unlike most of the other disciples, Peter had been brave enough to follow Jesus after he was arrested. The rest had run away into the night. But Peter was still there, still trying to serve his master. And in some small way, as the horrors of that night unfolded, it was probably a small crumb of comfort to Peter. <laughs> he was definitely the special disciple now. He was the only one still there, still trying to be with Jesus. And then this. All he was doing was trying to keep warm through the night. If you have an adult there with you and you can light a candle, then do it now. If you don't have an adult or you can't light a candle, you can watch my candle on the screen. 
and we're going to imagine Peter sitting around the fire in the courtyard, warming his hands, but don't get too close. When we're scared, we can get horribly, horribly cold. And Peter was terrified, terrified about what was going to happen to Jesus, but also terrified that the soldiers would come after the disciples next. And it started so simply, a servant girl asking him if he'd been with Jesus. A servant girl, no real threat there, but she might go and tell other people what he said. And then they might attack him or drive him away. And what use would he be to Jesus then? Much better to try to get out of the conversation, move away and wait for news of what was happening to Jesus. But of course, the people around Peter didn't settle for that answer. They pressed him and so he denied knowing Jesus again and again. I can't judge Peter for this. And that's why I find this so hard. How many times have I taken the easy way out of a confrontational encounter about my faith? How many times have I justified it to myself, just as I imagine Peter doing, when actually I need to face up to the fact that I am giving in to my fears instead of stepping out in faith? As that cockerel crows, I stand just as convicted as Peter, just as much in need of forgiveness, just as much ashamed of my cowardice, just as broken hearted that I have let down my Lord. Jesus, I am sorry for all the times I have let you down. I'm sorry that I put my own safety, comfort and convenience above serving you. Jesus, I am sorry. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him. Today's reading is taken from Matthew verses, uh, chapter 27, verses 11 to 26, and covers Pilate questioning Jesus. Jesus stood before the Roman governor who questioned him. Are you the king of the Jews, he asked. So you say, answered Jesus. But he said nothing in response to the accusations of the chief priests and elders. So Pilate asked him, don't you hear all these things that they accuse you of? But Jesus refused to answer a single word, with the result that the governor was greatly surprised. At every Passover festival, the Roman governor was in the habit of setting free any prisoner the crowd asked for. At that time, there was a well-known prisoner named Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to set free for you? 
Jesus Barabbas, or Jesus called the Messiah. He knew very well that the, that the Jewish authorities had handed Jesus over to him because they were all jealous. While Jesus was sitting in the judgment, while Pilate was sitting in the judgment hall, his wife sent him a message. Have nothing to do with that innocent man because in a dream last night I suffered much on account of him. The chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask Pilate to set Barabbas free and have Jesus put to death. But Pilate asked the crowd, which one of these two do you want me to set free for you? Barabbas, they answered. What then shall I do with Jesus called the Messiah? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they all answered. But Pilate asked, what crime has he committed? Then they started shouting at the top of their voices, crucify him. When Pilate saw that it was no use to go on, but that a riot might break out, he took some water, washed his hands in front of the crowd and said, I am not responsible for the death of this man. This is your doing. The whole crowd answered, let the responsibility of his death fall on us and our children. Then Pilate set Barabbas free. And after he had Jesus flogged, he handed him over to be crucified. So Jesus has been brought before the crowds by Pilate, who gives them a choice. They can choose Barabbas, a really mean man, a criminal, or they can choose Jesus. Now, the criminal Barabbas has a really interesting first name. It's one of my favourite stories of this whole narrative. His first name is Jesus. So they have a choice between Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus Barabbas. Now that's just quite hard to say in itself, but it gets more interesting. What does Barabbas mean? Well, the word bar in Hebrew is a word we have in bar mitzvah, which is a Jewish celebration of the sun, bat mitzvah of the daughter. So bar is the word sun. And the word Abba, any guesses? It has nothing to do with Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. The word Abba is a word spoken by Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, means Father. So the choice is between Jesus of Nazareth and Jesus Barabbas, Jesus Bar Abba, Jesus Son of the Father. The choice is between Jesus of Nazareth, the true Son of God, or Jesus Son of the Father. That's just what his name meant, this criminal. And they chose one Jesus Son of the Father over another. And Pilate actually washes his hands of it. He thinks they've made the wrong choice and actually we need to do the same. You might have some soap and water with you. Because we choose things over Jesus all the time. We choose things that we think will fill the hole that Jesus is only meant to fill. We're all made to worship something and we choose money or sex or power or appearance or success. We choose all of that over Jesus. We need to wash our hands of this. We need to say no more. We need to choose Jesus, the true son of the father, over the rubbish that seeks to look like him. So let's take our soap and water and spend 20 seconds washing our hands. We should be used to that. And I will pray for us. Father God, I'm sorry for when we choose other things over you. When we follow the crowds like um, everybody did in those days, that we fill our lives with the stuff that we think we're meant to. Father, would we choose you over all of these things? 
Amen. Let's rinse off our hands, get rid of the bubbles. And we'll sing together. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. This reading is Matthew 27, 27-31. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers round him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand, and they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spat on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe, and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. Jesus, who was there with God the Father at the creation of the world. Jesus, who spoke the world into being. Jesus, the Prince of Life and the King of Heaven, teased and spat upon by a group of soldiers. They didn't know what they were doing, of course. They thought that this was just another criminal to be crucified. Although this one had committed a rather strange crime. Not a murderer, not a thief, but a king? You can see why they thought it was a bit funny. You've got a fork. Hold it in your hand and gently press one prong into one of your fingers. Not too hard, just enough that you can feel it prick a bit. Close your eyes and as you do it, imagine the thorns from the crown they put on Jesus's head, pressing into him, pressing into his forehead, the side, the back of his head. Feel the sharp pricks in your skin. Jesus, who was God, but who had chosen to become a weak, breakable, limited human being to heal the world, was then humiliated by the very humans he had come to save. And what's more, he only wanted to love them and forgive them. To love and forgive us. I wonder what hurt most. The thorns pressing into his head, the ropes they used to whip his back, the clubs they used to hit his head. Or maybe the things they said, teasing him that he was a king. The thing is, this is the man who could turn water into wine. This is the man who could feed 5,000 people from a few bits of bread and a couple of fish. This is the man who could walk on water. This is the man who could bring dead people back to life. If he'd wanted to, he could have stopped those soldiers in an instant, but he didn't want to.
he took all the pain, all the teasing, because he knew he had a task that was too important for him to give up. Jesus, thank you that you understand what it is to suffer. Thank you that whatever we are suffering at the moment, you have suffered worse and you want to walk our path with us. You were beaten, humiliated and alone. And that means that we never need to be alone again. Thank you, Jesus. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily Mark 15 verses 21 to 32. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They then offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charges against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on the right and one on his left. Those who passed by held insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, so you were who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days? Come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Let's just spend a moment in silence after that reading. Just considering the real horror of this part of the story. Jesus has been killed in a brutal way. You might want to just look at the cross that you have with you. And this is but the simplest representation of something huge. This cross I have with me is pretty, it's decorated, but the, the real cross wasn't. It was big and scary and it changed the world forever. It represents the most horrific death. So let's just spend some time now looking at that cross and considering the realness of this. That Jesus had to die in the most painful way so that we may have life. Father, we're sorry for when we forget that you had to die. We're sorry for when we forget what you went through so that we may have life. Father, would we never forget what you did for us. Amen. Let's sing. 
This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow him, to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the servant king. From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. This was no ordinary death. The bystanders at the cross knew that, even before it had actually happened. They thought that Elijah was going to come and rescue Jesus. I don't suppose they thought that about many criminals. But of course, Elijah didn't come and rescue Jesus. That wasn't in the plan. What tells us that this was no ordinary death is actually what happened just after it. The curtain of the temple tore in two. The curtain was the symbol that separated God from people. It was huge and unbreakable. It was, had been a sign forever that God and the people could not be in one place. People are too sinful to be with God. But then it did tear. And it didn't tear from the bottom up, as it would have done if a person had tried to tear it. It tore from the top down. Well, only God could do that. God was healing the great divide, as Jesus paid the price for all sin, God was coming back to his people. And then the earth shook and the rocks split. As we were preparing for this service, this is the one bit of the whole account which really struck a chord with me. It feels to me that at the moment, April 2020, it feels as if the earth is shaking. Things which have been certainties for so long. Going to school, there being food in the shops, being able to go where you want to go, when you want to go there. These things have shaken. Life at the moment is just not life as we know it. The whole earth is crying out in pain. And so the description of the earth shaking and the rock splitting does seem to fit. 
This is a rather terrifying and painful time. And so was that Friday, 2000 years ago. If you have a rock or a stone, take it in your hand, feel how solid it is. Can you imagine it just splitting apart? Not being hit with something heavy, just splitting apart. Unthinkable, isn't it? But that's what happened when Jesus died. The rocks themselves knew that this was the turning point of history. Here I have a rock, quite a large rock. And I am going to split it apart. But look what's inside. Look at its sparkle and glitter. And remember, this story is not over yet. As we wait in the space between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, as we feel the sadness, the grief of the disciples, and as we cry out in our own pain at this strange, strange time, remember that none of this story is over yet. When the earth shakes and the rocks split, even greater things may be going to be revealed. So let's wait with hope and with faith and let's watch for our coming King. Jesus, thank you that you died for us. Father God, Thank you that this is not the end, that all of this happened for a reason. Help us to hold on to hope and faith and to trust that you can turn even the greatest evil into powerful good. In Jesus' name.
it's not thy will but yours he said this is our god the servant king he calls us now to follow him to bring our lives as a daily Good Friday. Uh, just a few notices about what will be happening over the next few days. There is still a podcast that Sue has recorded um, as, as we've had this week, um, his podcast on the road with Jesus, marking Holy Week. There's still one more. Um, it's already up in the usual places. Do go and listen to Sue's reflections on Good Friday. Tomorrow there'll be a, a simple um, service published on the website, a kind of Easter vigil for you to mark um, yeah, that weight the disciples had. And finally, obviously, on Sunday, we'll be meeting here on Facebook at 9.15 for a 9.30 start for our Easter celebration. But don't look ahead too much. Grasp this moment. Spend some time today really reflecting on what today means. Um, thank you so much for joining us. And I will um, bless us as we go into this day. May the blessings of the Lord shine upon us on this holy day. And may he always keep us in his loving care. Amen. Thanks for joining us. See you on Sunday. <laughs>